0: the great interruption that we are a part of right now has suddenly given me this gift of time, which I haven't had in decades. Right. So to then distract myself from this great opportunity to hold space, to yeah. let something emerge that is maybe not of my own making, to be a conduit for whatever energy is moving, And to also listen.
1: Hello, dear friends and damn givers. Welcome to the Let's Give a Damn podcast. I'm your host, Nick LaPara. And this is the show where I sit down for meaningful conversations with people who aim to build fewer walls, longer bridges, and bigger tables with their lives and work. These are people who want to leave the planet better than they found it. I truly hope today's conversation gives you hope and pushes you to give more dams than ever before. 646-328-6414. friends let's take this relationship to the next level that's my number and i want you to have it we just launched this cool thing and yes you'll be texting directly with me here's the deal social media is a lot it's too much so frustrating so full and we miss out on most of what people are trying to say and do on social media it's too damn crowded so let's text We can talk about whatever you want, and I'll be able to text you when new podcasts come out, when new updates about different things that we're doing come out, and you'll be the first to hear updates on the forthcoming book, TV show, nonprofit, all of that shit. And again, you're texting directly with me. We can go back and forth. It'll always be me. That number, again, is 646-328-6414. Text me, and it'll send you one or two automated messages. And then once you're in the system, it's all me from here on out. And for the last time, 646-328-6414. And if you're listening to this while driving and can't jot that number down, just go visit the show notes at letsgiveadam.fm, or you can go to the link in our Instagram bio. It'll be there as well. It'll be in the the bio section of Instagram. It'll be on all of our social medias. I want to chat with you. Let's take this to the next level. I'm excited about this. I hope you are as well. Okay, my guest this week is truly one of the raddest people I've ever had a chance to talk with, interact with on this podcast. I mean that. Her name is Elizabeth Marvel, and you may recognize that name from movies like True Grit or Lincoln, or from shows like Homeland, or Fargo, or House of Cards, or Law & Order. Elizabeth is an accomplished actress, and we do talk about her work during our chat, but we spend most of the time discussing the state of our country, the importance of protesting and getting involved, and we spend a bunch of our time talking about the fact that she is not, nor has she ever been on social media. Think about that. Do you know anybody who's not on social media at all, nor has ever been? And we talk about that and we talk about how it has allowed her to be more free and more creative than, well, probably most of us. Side note, Elizabeth is one of the main characters in Marvel's new series, Hellstrom, that comes out on Hulu on October 16. I want to make sure you know about it and I want to make sure that you check it out when it comes out. Y'all, I loved this conversation. It moved me and I hope it'll move you as well. So let's get right into it, shall we? As always, you can email me anytime and for any reason at hello at let's give a damn.com And now you can text me anytime and for any reason at 646-328-6414. And here's my conversation with amazing damn giver and the only person I know that has played a United States president on TV, Elizabeth Marvel. Let's go. Elizabeth Marvel, welcome to the Let's Give a Damn podcast.
0: Thank you. It's great to be
1: here. I'm so thrilled that you are here with me, here with us. Um, you just said, so you, how are you spending your pandemic? Right, we'll start. We'll start there. You just said you're not at at your normal home. I you're am right?
0: not at home. We are. We normally live in Red Hook in Brooklyn. Uh, I had been shooting this crazy. Uh, Marvel superhero show in Vancouver for seven months. Right. And I watched this pandemic start coming across the world yeah. <laughs> from my apartment in Canada. And uh, early March, I was like, "We, I got to go home because yeah. they're going to close the borders. So on the 15th of March, I uh, went to the producers and said, put me on a plane. Yeah. I went home. And my husband picked me up and we drove to a farm in Vermont where his family lives. We just drove to family and we've been here ever since.
1: So you didn't even, you didn't even get home home? I I got home
0: to throw old clothes into the laundry and pack new clothes was basically what we did.
1: What a wild few months, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we just, you know, we just stopped. We just stopped. We've been here on this farm and our son is going to school in the living room. And uh, here we are.
1: Amazing. Mm -hmm. Are there plans yet for continuing to shoot that show? I know a lot of productions are opening back up slowly, but surely.
0: We actually finished. It's going to drop in October. So we, we were fortunate. We, we finished, there were a couple of extra little things sure. that they were trying to get that they didn't, but it's, it was completed. Um, but no filming is, has resumed. Yes. A, there are a lot. And it's, it's, I'll tell you, it's no fun. Yeah. I don't envy the folks that are, Back in no,
1: I mean, way. they're having to do like COVID tests like every day sometimes multiple times a day. And it's just everything is just, yeah, we're shooting a, a much smaller production, but we're shooting a pilot for my hopefully TV show that someone will think to buy. And uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's like even just setting up this small crew, this kind of skeleton crew is like, okay, we've got to be extra, extra cautious. Nobody wants to say, that someone got COVID and passed away because they yeah. worked on your show. Like that's that is not right. that's not something anyone wants.
0: Well, it's also for crazy making that we can, you know, figure out filming and we can't figure out school. We oh, can God. figure out the NHL, yes. the NFL, yep. baseball, but we can't figure out school. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's uh. It's yeah, we amazing.
1: could spend a couple hours just on, on <laughs> just
0: talking about drama, that.
1: Couldn't we, right? <laughs> like we've yes. got, yeah, we've got, um, three little kids and, and they're and all, how 40, old
0: are they? Uh,
1: f- five, seven and eight.
0: Oh man. So yeah. in a
1: month they will be six, seven and eight for three months. So they're, they're pretty, pretty close together. Um, that was not planned. That was just <laughs> part of God's plan for us in the universe. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, they're like 30 feet away in front of me and they're right. just rocking and rolling. And, and and here in Nashville, I don't even know how things are in different places, you know, New York and otherwise, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: they sent around a survey, you know, a couple times saying, hey, if we reopen, you know, very, you know, limited, you know, kids have to wear masks all day, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you want to send them back? And man, we had to sit on that for quite a few days. But sure. in the end, we decided not to send them back at least until you know, 2021, because I mean, literally like all the fun parts of school are gone. Right. Like they have to wear a mask eight hours a day. They can't go to recess because that's when kids are spitting on each other. Um, (laughs) Like, And and now you have, you have like just a few kids in the classroom yeah uh your teacher's attention is probably divided understandably and they're trying to still do some virtually it's just going to be a shit show it's not yeah. going to be fun either way and I was like I don't want to send like we we're we're making it work here we rearranged our entire home so that all the kids could have their own rooms, you know school rooms awesome. and stuff and yep but and we're we're incredibly
0: fortunate but you know yeah do you want your kid to be a part of the experiment exactly. I don't Exactly. I don't and what's the rush? We'll wait. We'll just wait. Yeah, we're
1: I, again, I understand certain families we live in a Absolutely. we live in a very diverse neighborhood in Nashville mm-hmm. and there are so many families that have to because for months and I know some of them had to leave kids at home while they go work because they're sure, two, you know, two income families and they can't sure. not have the other income. So they have like a nine-year-old, a 10-year-old watching the rest of the kids. Right. And that's just what they have to do. So I completely understand. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do as well, feel very grateful that we can even say, nope, we're not sending them back. We'll figure it out. It's not ideal, but yep. we'll, we'll figure it out. Yep. Wild stuff for sure. So what's interesting about, you know, preparing for this conversation today is that, and we'll get more into your uh, social media and internet blackout in, in a bit, <laughs> but usually with well, well-known people, I can just Google names, mm. and up comes what they ate for lunch, you know, mm. that time they walked out on their balcony half-dressed <laughs> and they got caught on camera, and everything else about their lives and work, right? <laughs> and when I type in your name, there's nothing. There's a no. few articles and it's then obviously the your biography, yeah, yeah you like your your work, and mm-hmm. that's about it. And so I'm super fascinated about that. Um, but because of that, because all we have out there is Wikipedia. Could you just begin? I always love to get some f- foundation framework because mm-hmm. as we get into how you have given a damn in the past and in the present and all of that sure, I always see connections. I shouldn't say always, but usually see connections between some th- some ways that my guests have grown up or things that have happened to them or things that didn't happen to them that have kind of shaped and molded them into who they are today. So um, go back as far as you want to, but what's some of your story? Where, where, where do you come from? What is the sort of uh, environment that you grew up in that kind of caused you to go in the direction you've gone up to this point in your life?
0: Sure. Well, I, I grew up in a very small town in Pennsylvania, and i was raised my father was quaker uh so i i was influenced uh by the quaker faith um i can't say he was a very devout quaker but my grandfather my grandfather was very old school quaker he would use the and thou and you know it was nice yeah yeah um and my mom was not uh engaged with faith really but uh my mom was definitely a person that had a, a deep sense of, you know, um, leaving the world better than you found it, mm. being of service, helping your community. She was, she was a volunteer worker. That was her, her life. Uh, she worked for the Red Cross. Um, she worked for Meals on Wheels. And, you know, whenever there was something that somebody needed, uh, she was first in line. So I grew up as a little kid. Going to a lot of people's homes with Meals on Wheels with mm. her. And I, some of my earliest memories was being a little child sitting on, you know, people's kitchen floors talking to them because uh, most people were shut in that we went to take meals to. Um, a lot of elderly people, a lot of vets. And so I can remember being very small and going into homes uh, and just, just the mere act of communicating, uh, mm. was so, uh, helpful mm. and joyful. And, uh, I was taught that through action at a very early age. Um, and then as I got older, I was very fortunate to work with many artists to be influenced by many artists in New York who, uh, were not just artists, but also creative activists. And, uh, saw that, you know, one's work, even, even as an actor could, uh, actually be, um, useful for more than, you know, just promoting oneself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Is the quake, uh, is any faith part of your life still? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a very lazy Quaker. <laughs> but but yes, I mean I engage. I engage with uh I go to meeting. I sometimes I go regularly, sometimes I'm very lazy. Sure. Um but yeah, uh, you know, the the tenets of the Quaker faith are just so practical and you know it's really hard. Mm. Although I have to say, you know, one of the the greatest challenges and one doesn't automatically assume it's such a challenge but to truly be a pacifist in one's heart is a, a daily challenge to myself that I work at and fail more often than not because to truly hold nonviolence in your mind and your heart towards everyone
1: <laughs> everyone
0: it's really really hard it's really hard
1: especially Mm. Yeah, especially in a country like ours Mm. that that seems like ours that seems to really get off on violence. I mean, Mm. we have from the very tippy top of our our country and our leadership, we have I mean, literally just three days ago, um, our president, you know recalling to mind at one of his campaign he's rallies. not my president
0: but yes that I, man. I, yes yes mm. the,
1: the man in that role mm. um you know recalling a he, he, he never talked about the fact that it was a journalist who was doing his job Ali Velshi uh, a yeah. wonderful journalist but he's but you know he said he got hit by this guy got hit by tear gas and and, and,
0: ru- and, and, and rubber and
1: bullets and yeah. rubber bullets and law yeah. and he said law yeah rubber bullets wasn't tear gas lo, yeah. rubber bullets and you know, and he called it law and order. So we have this country that well, is- Well, when it,
0: you have a, a pseudo authoritarian, that's the kind of language that's gonna spew
1: forth. It's wild, but it's wild that that gets met with. I could see some, I can understand how some, um, I, I, I hope to God I never get 1,000th of the way there, but I can understand how some people turn into megalomaniacs, how they turn into authoritarians, because I mean, look at his coddled life that he's had, like everybody's always sure. given it, right, right? But then to see crowds of people—people people that Donald Trump would never hang out with, would never give them the time of the day—he <laughs> he hates them. He, Donald Trump hates, hates poor people, them. and a lot mm. of poor people love Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. so to see them, like get you know foam at the mouth mm-hmm. to see that sort of—I uh, uh, guess we're getting right into it—but to see that sort of rhetoric then inspire the Kyle Rittenhouse's to cross state lines to go in to right. protect you know uh, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin you know, in that evening ending in, you know, several people being murdered by this young kid. Like it is- But that's
0: that's primordial rage, right? He just taps right in. It's always been so. It's always been present in mankind. The permission to release the hatred of the other. The validation of hating the other. It's- you know it's which is why nonviolence
1: so. as a core tenet of life is so
0: really hard it's really hard <laughs> but it's so important
1: because because of what you just said each one of us are capable of doing that
0: that's, that's right.
1: the that's the problem it, is that it, we're all one right. bad decision away from doing that that's which right. is why embracing is which is why we don't have As a practice as a practice yeah. right and it's that a daily it, practice yes it's not just uh, not owning weapons or whatever. It is, it is so much more. It is, controlling, it is controlling oneself. It is because there are steps to get there. There are steps that Kyle Rittenhouse said to take to get there or That's these right. other people that are, have been in the news lately that have, that have murdered, that have taken lives, that have done horrendous things. Mm-hmm. It, it takes uh, a ton of work. It takes mm-hmm. days and months and years and decades to train oneself to mm-hmm. not get there, right? Because we can o- right. so easily get there and snap And then we're the next, you know, person on the news, even if we think we're doing something right. That's um, right.
0: Righteous anger. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is, it's a, it's a daily practice and you know, it's, it's, it's like wearing a mask. It's like, you know, I don't necessarily wear a mask for me. I wear a mask for you. Yep. I don't, I don't practice nonviolence in my heart and mind totally for me. It's for you. It's for my son. It's for my husband. It's for my community. It's, it's, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of her, you know, she would always say we can disagree. It doesn't mean we have to be disagreeable. Mm. So let's, let's work on ourselves. Let's begin with ourselves and then move outward. And part of that is tempering our rage because there is so much to be righteously rageful about. Yes. Yes. But then we just burn it all down.
1: What are some of the um, other, well, a lot of this we'll come back to, uh, but what are some of the other tenets of the Quaker faith? I, admittedly, I'm, so I'm a I'm a Christian, um, a weird type of Christian, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't admittedly don't know some of the sort of core things. Probably some of them are similar to what I adhere to myself.
0: Yes, I mean, it is Christian based faith, but but really like, the the two big rules or requirements I should say not rules yeah. but requirements uh, to engage is pacifism and service. So if you can't kind of line up behind those two things, yep. you know I mean they're just it just makes sense. And yep. then when you when you go to meeting, you sit in silence um, in a in a community. Uh, And holding silence in a room full of people is an awesome experience. It's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. And then if you are moved by whatever you want to call it, the light within and without, the spirit, God, however you feel it, see it, understand it to be, um, you stand and share with the community. And uh, that's really what goes down. And there's a lot of, you know, it's just it, there's a lot of social activism. There's a lot of community work that goes on, and uh, but it's pretty simple and pretty straightforward.
1: Pa- pacifism, nonviolence, and service sound a lot like Jesus to me. Um, and <laughs> depending
0: and I, on your version, man. Well, <laughs> it's it's
1: yeah. Sadly, we we have to talk that way, right? Because it seems pretty clear clear-cut to me. It sure does. What, what Jesus was about. Yep. Um, and yet we have people that are, that are just willfully misconstruing, straight up lying, uh, twisting every which way to, to try to make Jesus out to be someone that would not have welcomed the foreigner. Would not have, right. you know, you know, some, I mean, Jesus was someone who welcomed the foreigner, lifted women up, Um, love, you know, love children did all, all of these beautiful things that, and love children in a way, obviously, you know, right wing conservatives love their children, but they're, they're training them, right. The, the, I bring that up because they're training them not to be, you know, uh, People of service, compassion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lovers—they're training them mm-hmm. to be, you know, little little militia members. Really, you know, mm. in so many ways. Um, and I, I have to point out that I, I, I knew that Quaker was Christian. I was pointing out that I, I am a different kind of Christian than that. But I just don't want people to think I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, but I have, but I have not, you know, I have not spent a lot of time in the Quaker. You know, I, I. Uh, so I'm part of a. What's interesting about what you just mentioned, where I assume. Based on what you just described, there's no. Is there a pastor? Is there someone that's in no, charge? Or no, there there are
0: elders. Okay. Which doesn't imply age, although it seems. No, too,
1: sure. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm Anglo Catholic, so I'm part of the I'm like teeter totter between Anglican and Catholic, and which is the exact opposite of Quaker. And I mean a <laughs> lot of the same similarities. Mm-hmm. What I loved about what you just said is there is a lot of holding silence. There is a lot of room for. There's a lot of room for uncomfortable uhness right like we don't have to Speak mm-hmm. all the time we don't have to We don't have to fill this space with Loud music And mm-hmm. you know s- smoke machines And always having something Going on um, Which is an effort to like conjure up The, the spirit right it's a it's con- mm-hmm. it's Conjure up emotions and like get you to do stuff or Say stuff or whatever and people are really Uncomfortable with silence Yep And, and I, is- I I Love that we share that in our Two different faiths because in my little kids, like I'm not forcing them to do anything, but we bring them along on the journey. And we, uh-huh. I see my job as a parent as seeing good things in the world, pointing my kids to it and saying, What do you think about that? That's yeah. my main job as a parent is to yeah. see good things and say, What do you think? and see the bad things and say, What do you think about that? But uh-huh. I don't, I don't want to force a course, course, my kids in anything. But so far, they're getting it. Like they're, they're understanding um, God. And what God wants to oh, accomplish in the world. Oh man, these new
0: people that are here now, these yeah. new people that are coming, are amazing. Oh, I, they're gonna, I, they're going to
1: outdo us. I think they're oh,
0: gonna, yeah. they're going to as long be as outdo we do don't us. like fuck it all up before they <laughs> get old. Well, enough. and that's
1: that's that's our role, right? Mm. Um, you know, I talk about legacy a lot, and you know, it's it on the one hand, it's it on, on in a very selfish one hand it's it feels weird to be working all our lives for something that we won't get to see the fruit of right and that's happened that's not unique to us that's all of history yes and 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 more so back then when things got done a lot more slowly right we can actually Mm. speed movement and community up in so many ways right Mm -hmm. but to think that my, my job our job your job my job is to make life a little bit better for those little ones. Your that's son, right. my kids, so on and so forth. And that's how, that's how the world gets better. I won't get to see, man, I work my ass off for, in the work that I do. And I'm creating all these things. And I'm busier than ever. And <laughs> I don't get discouraged. I'm thankful that I don't get discouraged knowing that all of my work is going to way outlive me. Hopefully.
0: Absolutely. And yes. I'll just, get, I might
1: get to see a sliver of it. But I'm gone, and they—they they get to take up, you know, the race, and they get to sure. keep going.
0: Yeah, that's that's part of the crazy giant leap of faith and hope and joy that we take as parents, right?
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. So you are not on. Let's talk about social media. <laughs> um, it's going to be because, a short
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> well, maybe because I think you you may have a lot of in a world that almost virtually requires and everyone to be on, let alone someone with so much like, you know, uh, eyeballs on her work and like all, you know, like how, what, let's start with this. How did Mm -hmm. it start? Were you never on social media or were you on and said, fuck it, you said never Never. on. So where did that, is that going back to your like Quaker roots or was that you just saying, or you saw prophetically, like I don't want to get involved in that.
0: Some of, yes. I think it was a little of that. Um, It's a little of both. I mean, all of these things, life works holistically, right? So it's all one. So yes, I did not grow up really watching television. I was not um, a video game player. I didn't engage with machines much as a young person. And then I spent a long period of my life. Uh, So my father died, my mother moved to Sicily, and I was sent to a boarding school. And so I was between this crazy boarding school for the arts and Sicily. And during those years, and then I went to Juilliard and followed the Grateful Dead and like sort of (laughs) had this time, uh, this walkabout period of my life. Um, And during all of those years, I, I didn't... Uh, watch television. I just didn't really um, tune into uh, sort of the the zeitgeist, the the what was happening um, communally with communication, and uh, I I've just um, always sort of thought that other people's opinions about myself, and and also because I'm a creative person um, it's none of my business. It's none of my business to know what anyone else thinks about what I'm making. And as far as in regards to my personal life, I don't want to know what anyone else thinks of what I, what I look like or who, you know, uh, the life choices I'm making, that's between me and my higher power and my community. Uh, it's, and, and I, I don't, I don't care you know it's not that i yeah. don't care it's just not my business i just firmly feel that in my bones that it's not my business and i'm also because well not because i'm a creative person because i'm a person i'm very sensitive <laughs> you know i i would get really distracted if i paid attention to Opinion, especially if it was negative opinion or positive opinion. When I was a very young actor, I remember my first uh, lead role in a new play at the public theater. And uh, I read the review and it was very positive. Mm. And I was trapped in this opinion that just kept screaming in my brain when I tried to go to work because I took my focus away from the work and I put it somewhere else. And it was so distracting and confusing for me. And it was a great experience because I learned immediately like, no, 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 no. Do not put your focus anywhere other than the task at hand. You must always be in the work, the task at hand. And I feel that way about my life too, is like, you know, the task at hand. Okay. My son's been fed. My husband's doing his work. Okay, the dogs have been walked. The food has been (laughs) gathered (laughs) for the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, what do we have to do? Um, What is important? Tuning into, I I, I don't know. I I also, I have so many friends that, A, all I see them do is do this all the time. And I think, what is happening? (laughs) What are they doing? Because I like to just be sort of you know almost empty headed to wander about walk if i have the luxury of being able to take time cuz that's also the great luxury in my life is time yeah if that's that's the the gold in my life if I, and that's what's been amazing for my little family and my this creative machine is mm-hmm. that the the great interruption that we are a part of right now has suddenly given me this gift of time, which I haven't had in decades. Right. So to then distract myself from this great opportunity to, you know, as we were referencing earlier, to hold space, to let something emerge that is maybe not of my own making, to be a conduit for whatever energy is moving, and to also listen to voices, you know, other than my own or other than my small community, to tune in to what is happening in our world through conversation, through direct engagement, um, you know, that's that's where I go.
1: There is so much fucking wisdom in what you just shared. I'm just like over here, just like drinking <laughs> the here's the thing. It's not you're not you didn't nothing you just said is novel. Nothing you just said is no. groundbreaking or revelatory. And and you're on to something. Um, you know, I, since you're not in all of this, you be, but the, one of the big things that people are watching right now is the social dilemma on Netflix, and it's this whole documentary on the horrific things that are happening because of social media Uh, right how and it's not anecdotal at all it is I mean they literally interview former you know Facebook employees former Google employees former Pinterest employees all these people that I mean they created the monster yeah. Now, so many of them left because of what they had created. They left because they felt so terrible and they saw what was coming and they left and now they're being interviewed. So again, it's not like just looking at statistics or like running numbers or whatever. That's all bad enough to see how much time we waste and what's going on. I mean, um, horrible things are happening because of, of social media, but then you get these people that created it in saying we fucked up. Like we really mm. did. We created a month so that we can, we, there's no, there's no containing it now. Yeah, no you containing.
0: can't put that genie I mean, back
1: in the bottle. No, there are billions of people every single day spending hours and hours and hours on these platforms. You know, before social media, people would just spend on the internet. They would go look at blogs. They would look at, and that was, I guess, a little bit better because it, it was more, it wasn't more. It was so much communal as much as it was, I need to go learn something. So I have all these blogs that I read and all, mm-hmm. maybe that was better. But now it's, it's I, I love how you pointed out, like it's none of my business. And it truly isn't because- you know, we can only have so many people in our relational circle, right? I mean, the, the mm-hmm. numbers I've seen say 150 max, like 150 mm-hmm. people that get who you are, even at varying levels. So not all 150 get all of you, sure. 150 get parts of you and, uh-huh. some, and some get all of you. I have, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody in the social media space. Mm-hmm. Very few people know who I am, but even I have, I have like 5,500 Twitter followers, right? And like 3,200, you know, Instagram and people comment and they share and we talk. And at the end of the day, I like these people a lot, but so many of them, I'll even call them my, here's the thing. I'll refer to some of them as my friends. Right. And,
0: yeah. That's so confusing to me. And
1: I'm a, and I'm a, I'm an ex, I'm an off the charts extrovert. So if I've met them in real life and many of them I have, uh-huh. some of those have resulted in real life friendships. If uh-huh. I met them, I'd go, f- go in for the hug and maybe not now, but I'd go in for the hug and we'd have a good time, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. But so many of my friends don't give a shit about me. I don't give a shit about them. And we shouldn't be interacting with each other. Mm. Like I don't have the capacity to care what you're going through or what you're what you're about, what you ate for lunch or where you went to work or what trip you're on. And yet I do. I continually engage in it. I mm. continually open the app. And I scroll down and you say, I'm on my way to Myrtle beach. And I say, cool, have fun. Mm. That was five. Se- like, did they need me to affirm their trip to Myrtle beach? <laughs> well,
0: that's also a very confusing thing, right? Is this desperation sure. for uh, affirmation
1: and that refresh, refresh, refresh. Did I get any more likes? Did somebody share it? Did somebody- Right. I and just- that,
0: that breaks my heart for that that's heartbreaking to to me. Again, I live outside of it. So I don't, I, I'm speaking from uh abstraction. It's not experiential. Sure. I don't know what it's like to do what you're talking about. But when I see it, it breaks my heart, especially in young people. This desperation for affirmation, because uh that is something that each of us have to be on a journey to discover within ourselves. We must be able to self-affirm. Or we are dead in the water. Yeah. I feel, and so with I watch. I'm so proud of my son, who's 14, and does not engage with any of it, and never has.
1: Is and it his choice? So far, it, 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 so okay. far, okay. So far, <laughs> that conversation will happen at some point, right? Oh, but, it, um, it it happens. Yeah. I mean,
0: we're in constant conversation.
1: But it's not like you're like you know blocking you can't him. And, do, yeah, no, no, nope, not no. He's not probably hopefully if he's grown up in this environment. Um, you know, hopefully he is seeing some of the fruits of this. I mean. My-
0: well, that's what, you know, what you were saying is you, you show your children positive things and then ask them what they think of it. And then I think what you, you do as well, which is what we try to do is you also do those things yourself. So you show it in action. And so your children can watch that, watch their parents enacting those things right honorable behaviors respectable you know um and then hopefully they'll model them
1: yeah that's the hope that's That's the the hope hope. i last week something crazy happened i um we were my kids and i were going on a date we were going to see this like crazy drive-through light show here in Nashville. a bunch of uh you know you know, it's a big music town here, right? And so a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of the people that aren't on tour anymore and need work, they built this amazing drive through light show, light That's and so sound cool. show. So we went for the preview night. And um, anyway, we're on our way there. And I was like, okay, the kids are staying way up past their bedtime. Hell, let's just make it a thing. And so we, we stopped at the grocery store. And we're gonna, I was gonna pick up these, these uh, vegan ice cream bars that we love, right? And so we're we get out of the car, we mask up and we walk in. And as soon as we're like right before the door in the parking lot, still a woman had fallen out of her car and you could tell it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't, um, or I shouldn't say it wasn't an accident, but it wasn't, it wasn't natural. Like she was, she was passed out before she even fell out because her leg Mm -hmm. was still up in the car Mm -hmm. and two or three people had already started gathering. Right. And so at that moment, and this is not to pat myself on the back. I'm just like sharing this because it is, I think yeah. th- th- we have these opportunities all the time as parents, yeah. yep. right? And yep. so at that moment, I'm like, okay, it's nine o'clock at night. Uh, My kids uh, are in this parking lot with me. We're sort of in a sketchy part of town. You know, we just passed the grocery store and we stopped there. And and so I just said, kids stay right here. I rushed over. The lady is, she has a pulse, but she's not breathing. Um And... Over the next five minutes, we tried to keep her alive while I was, when it was my turn to do chest compressions, oh. she died. She died mm-hmm. in my arms. Um, so she had a pulse and then she didn't, and she wasn't breathing the whole time. So now she's five, six, seven minutes. Fire department came, they got into action. They did Narcan up her nose and did way way harder chest compressions than i was Uh doing like i was it was actually scary because there's no way that this i mean she was like 90 pounds soaking wet like you could tell that it was probably sort of a drug overdose sort of a thing unfortunately i'm not yeah i'm not trying to like pass judgment on her but no no like that it
0: just is what it is and yeah yeah,
1: and he was going and anyway they got her they revived her but wow um all of that took place in eight minutes Mm. and afterward yeah, my, my kids and I have been talking about on and off for the mm-hmm. last few days mm-hmm. about the importance of not just being aware. We've got to walk around with our eyes open all the time. But then, OK, your eyes are open. You see shit going on. Now, what are you going to do? Because yeah. eyes open isn't enough. Like I could have easily said. Um, and, get and, in the car. And, let's get, get out of here. Get in the car. Let's go. Absolutely. Or there's four people already over there. That's like, let, right. Let, let, let them do it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't and i i you know i have to live with the fact that someone died in my arms and thankfully is is hope well i shouldn't say i don't know if she's alive today but she she came back to life mm-hmm. but it's it's we get those opportunities all the time mm-hmm. and i would much rather it i've been just mulling over it the last mm-hmm. few days about like I, I want my kids to see way more of that than they want to see me like just just (laughs)
0: that's right and unfortunately
1: they have seen me too much you know i have a lot i mean you know during this pandemic i am a i'm an enneagram eight i am a go getter i'm a i'm a disruptor and so during this time when i lost all of my work overnight in march because all my work Mm -hmm. was in it was mostly consulting and it was in the event space i was speaking publicly doing all this stuff and all that went away it was gone yeah so i'd like re you know get more new consulting clients and I've started uh, a nonprofit in two companies so far during the the pandemic. So Amazing. I am, I am, uh, I could, I could take a page out of your book. I mean, I really could learn from uh, the faith that I follow in the Quaker faith and just like sitting more in silence. I do it once a week uh, mm. during our virtual church gatherings uh-huh. uh, and, I, and I tried and I also tried to meditate each morning, but I am so so high strung, like so mm. high strung. Um, this this little guy uh is a is a, is weed <laughs> and it helps me. I mean, I, it, I I have to take it almost every day to like just calm me down enough so I can uh-huh. like think clearly. All that to say I've been thinking around like about what happened the other night, and you know, my kids have a t- we've taken our kids to uh March uh March for Life, uh March for what is that? What is that March? Um March for our lives, March for life, March for our lives. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. And they've been to Black Lives Matter rallies like I want them to remember Papa and Mama doing that, mm. which we do it quite often. Mm-hmm. But, but we could do it more because I apparently have time to do this over, you know, scrolling <laughs> and and, well, engage, the cool thing and about and all of people that. that don't give a shit about me. Sure, sure. Then the great thing about
0: like all of the social media phone distraction nightmare is, you know, you just like with any practice, you can start anytime. You can start right now. Yeah. You can you can change that behavior at any moment. It can begin anytime. And then it can fall away and then it can begin again. That's that's a beautiful thing about yeah. starting a practice you
1: know so so what about this though so in today's sort of economy in this culture hmm. um the everybody and everything tells you you have to be on social media to like you know build a business build a community like i have you know i'm let's give a damn is not just a podcast it is uh, a forthcoming tv show and i'm writing a book and we started a nonprofit in two years uh, 12 to 14, 12 to 12 24 months from now, we're going to start a social impact venture capital fund and all these things that we're working on. Fantastic. And a lot of that just, again, the culture tells me, therefore I'm telling myself that I have to be in all of this all the time, getting my hands dirty on social media, building community so that I can actually build those things.
0: Okay, but what does your heart tell you? What does that still quiet voice inside you tell you? Does it say you have to do all of that all the time?
1: Well, probably not.
0: Probably not. (laughs) I mean, listen, I think- People
1: built amazing things throughout history and they never had this until 10 years ago. Without a
0: fucking cell phone. Yeah. Um, But, you know, is it a business tool? Yes, it sounds like it's a very effective business tool. Can you use it for business? Yeah. And maybe cut out the scrolling and the liking, and the, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe there's like a happy middle ground. I think there are mindful behaviors around cell phones that one can apply. And it'll make you feel better. Yeah. And also just have periods of time throughout the day that you just put the motherfucker down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Put the motherfucker down.
0: You know, we there's a good thing to do is have a bucket by the door to Mm -hmm. put the phone in. And so the phone's in the bucket. So if anything else, because you never want to be that asshole with the phone on the table.
1: Oh, it's yeah. You know what I mean? So I've been there, and it's horrible. And I look we've at, all been there. I, I look we've at myself doing it. I look at. I get out of my. And myself you're like, and who's that asshole? Like, That's so horrible, Nick. <laughs> that get guy's such down. an asshole. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So put the phone in a bucket. Have it there. So at least you have to cross the room to get it. So at least it's going to make you aware. Like I'm going to the phone now instead of that weird unconscious. But but anyway that's one th- but to your story about uh this woman and um your reaction it's that's something that i think is so important to unpack for a minute because i think at this moment of communal disassociation in so many ways that's happened, it's such an interesting i mean it's such a crazy time we're in and we've been in this time before it's just a new mode of it sure of like this disassociation from community and this complete engagement with community and showing up for things, which is so hopeful and exciting for me as well. And we have a pandemic. so And we're not getting any true scientific information from our government. We don't know what to believe, so we just have to keep sourcing the science. We have to keep going back to the scientists because yep. that's, those are the facts. That's yep. the information we need, yep. but we're getting a lot of mixed messaging and it's a very confusing time. And if you do have, you know, immunocompromised people in your life, if you have people who are elderly, if you have people with pre-existing conditions, you do have to live in a manner of protection you know you have to you can't like get in the streets as eagerly as you may want although protest is a is a very important uh factor in all of our lives and i think now more than ever and i think in the next month more than ever 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 maybe the next few months we may all just have to fucking get in the streets yeah i think we're gonna have to we've already started our discussing our, because, because we're parents, we can't both go. So who is it going to be and how is it going to be? And where is it going to be? I think we all need to start having those conversations. We have to make our plans of how we're going to vote. If we haven't already voted absentee, what is that day going to look like? How are we going to manage it? We need to have a plan. You know, I'm a big It's funny because I've done a lot of these crazy, (laughs) crazy TV shows where I play like presidents, big governmental people, right? Right, right. And on those sets, we get a lot of consultants from the government. And so I've met, you know, all kinds of Secret Service agents, FBI, CIA, Attorneys General, like, yeah, because they show up, they come, and we talk with them. And one of the things I'll tell you that, uh, and this has been over like the past 10 years that I consistently hear from people is, uh, as far as the world we're in, I'm like, what do I need to know that I'm not hearing? They're like, have a plan because the grid might go down because your little plastic card may not pour out the money when you go to get, you know, thing. have a plan, Yep. have a go bag, have some water, you know, have yep. a plan for your family, wherever you are. Yep. I say that about sort of all things right now. Like have a plan, how are you going to engage, how are you going to vote? But then also with your kids, like if you can't if you can't get in the streets because of health issues or x y and z. There there you know, there are so many things we can do. We can take what knowledge we have and educate others. We can advocate for legislation. We can call our representatives. We can you know, write letters. We can build coalitions. We can use that social media to tweet at our legislators or email them and, you know, specific state, local, federal laws we can engage with and just flood with, you know, emails, letter, handwritten postcards. There are so many ways we can phone bank. Phone banking is a great, way to take action so, so they're, easy there is so easy and there are so and there's so many. it's like we don't have enough fingers to you know stop the holes in the dam right now yeah so there there are just so many actions we can take from home in front of our computers instead of scrolling through who liked your fucking lunch today
1: yeah you
0: can write some emails to you know so so i you know protesting is is massively important but there are so and community service is massively important and fundraising is massively important but there are many other ways if you can't put your body on the street uh which many of us can and if you can you must and you got to have a plan around it but if you can't there are many ways you can work from home to advocate for change
1: you this in and, and, and you you are saying you are saying all these things that that I think you've probably, you've done them all, right? These are all things that you've done. You're not giving Well, empty. no,
0: not all of them. Okay. I've never run for office. Well, okay. Only on TV. Okay, <laughs> like only on there TV. Are, there are things that I haven't President done. President Elizabeth Keane. <laughs> that's right. And but, almost, um, almost
1: President Heather Dunbar, right?
0: That's right. Almost. Almost. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, because ultimately these are family issues, right? This they is, are. It all comes down this, to family. It, all, it,
1: it affects each and every one of us. And, and you know, what again, are we
0: doing? And what are we teaching? And how do we want to be in-
1: well, I, 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 what's so funny is growing up, I, man, I grew up in a very, very unhealthy, toxic, conservative Christian uh, upbringing. And all, the only time that we heard about any politician, first of all, there was only one politician we ever heard about, and it was the president. That was it. We never heard about local pol- politics, no council members, no mayor no nothing uh-huh. the only time we ever heard about a politician was to worship them or demonize them mm. depending on who it was right mm. and it was always worshiping the republican and demonizing mm. the democrat right the the baby killer versus the pro life blah 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 you know and um and i regret so much growing up in a home like that i regret so much not being shaped and formed to be Active. Yeah, but Uh, look
0: at you today, though. Look at what you're doing. Thank God. Thank God. So maybe that is the the product of that. You know?
1: Maybe it got me so, yeah. Like as I grew up, it got me so riled up that I wanted to change that for myself and for my family. And it's energized
0: you in a way that maybe you never would have been. Maybe you would have taken a lot of it for granted.
1: Maybe. Great, great observation. Great observation. (laughs) No, no, it's 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 good because um, I I don't have any hatred toward my upbringing. There were so many things that went wrong. I grew up in a very abusive home, but I even today um, I hadn't really looped the the lack of political activism into this into this bunch. But I think I can Mm. now, thanks Mm. to what you just said. But um, I I really am grateful for all of it, all the pain and the suffering and the the weird shit that went on because it Mm -hmm. did very, uh, yeah, it did shape me into who I am today. I probably would be completely different. Uh, not probably. I would be completely different had everything gone. And so now what I'm trying to do with my kids, cause they're not experiencing that. Right. That's what that's mm-hmm. our is mm-hmm. like, okay, I want them to feel like I do at when they're 37. And yeah. so, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to treat them like shit. I'm not going to hurt them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So how can I, and I think it's I think it's about love. I think it's about, um, yeah, showing them love, receiving their love, and, again, my ultimate goal as a parent is just pointing them to the good, the bad, and the ugly in the world and talking through it and not yeah, making them feel, yes. not calling them names, not um, abusing them in any shaming way. Shaming them. Not shaming them. Yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful for my wife because I do have some... Uh, I've never hurt my kids or anything like that, but I, I have anger. I have outbursts every once in a while. I yell mm-hmm. occasionally. And, oh my God. Every and myself, does. Yes. <laughs> every well, my does. Yes. Well, my wife, man, she's a fucking angel. Like she's just so good. <laughs> she's so good at this. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that I got partnered up with her to raise these mm-hmm. kids. Cause I think it would still be much better than I grew up in, but, man i need all the help i can get um
0: <laughs> well sometimes our parents i think sometimes parenting is you know to show us who we don't want to be what we don't want to yeah, do sometimes yeah. it can be useful that way too
1: yeah and as great as my kids are being raised right now they're going to have that those things they're going to have those things every, they're going to look to be like man i'm going to take all that good but ugh dad you know when he did this and when he did that Yeah. Um, i hope i hope there are things that they don't like about what's happening and that they shed themselves, you know, rid themselves of uh mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. I love that. So let's talk about um I, I love this. Let's spend a couple minutes on back in 2016, around election time, you did this really cool thing with some other women uh called Cut piece for Pants Suits. Yes. I I love this. Um and again, you, I want you to tell me more about it because all you know all I was able mm-hmm. to read was you know one article in the New York Times. Um, but tell me about where did Cut Piece for Pantsuits come from? Why, why sure. were you all out there on a freaking cold you know, <laughs> day in the middle of the winter? Uh, and, and, and what was happening? What did it mean? Right. So
0: it it originated. It originally was uh, a piece that Yoko Ono did and I can't give you the date, sometime in the 70s, um, okay. as sort of a radical feminist action. Uh, To take power back. And also, I think, commentary on the weaponization of our society. And, you know, it's also something that came up that I immediately thought when you talked about running to that woman is because our society is so weaponized. Mm -hmm. There is something in me that does a hiccup. When I have that immediate because in, in New York, God knows, we have plenty of opportunities. Yes, yes, yes. People yes, are yes, all yes. over the street all the time, yep. you know, to reach out and, and help our brother or our sister, you know, get up or keep breathing or, you know, get yeah. a meal. And do you open your hand or not? And it's it's a question because our community is so weaponized um, that I it's 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 probably my greatest anxiety. In, in America, in being in living in this country, is I I have a I have a deep, and abiding fear of guns, and uh, it's and it's something it's the, the one of the biggest fears I have for my son, and you know, and I'm I'm, a a woman of, privilege I'm white. And so, you know, I have a 14-year-old boy. I do not have that kind of In the grand scheme of things, anxiety. you have relatively
1: little to worry about. Oh, my gosh. Still, I do not have to have
0: the anxiety when he goes to get a soda at the local deli, you know, yep. that he may not come back. Yep. I don't have the anxiety when the cops pull me over that I may not survive. You know, it. Uh, and and yet I have. I do have great anxiety. So I can't even begin to imagine the level of anxiety that. Communities of color are dealing with, um, but it is something that that uh, I wrestle with. So anyway, this piece um, came out. This woman, Joanne Acolytis, who is one of the founding members of Mapu Mind, She and her her husband at the time, Philip Glass, and a Ruth Malachek, a group of. New York artists in the sixties and seventies that were this company called Mabu minds. That was a brilliant avant-garde theater company and, and real, you know, advocates for change. They did all kinds of community work, uh, through theater and beyond. Um, and a lot of their work has always been politically based. And she called up a bunch of her, you know, uh, devoted feminist friends <laughs> to all wear, you know, solid colored pantsuits in, in representing sort of Hillary Clinton's uniform sure. um, after the, the 2016 election. And we stood in a park in the middle of Manhattan uh, at, during lunch hour, when it gets very busy and we all had very large, um, very sharp, scissors in our hands and we stood silently holding the scissors out and people were encouraged to come and cut pieces of our pantsuit off until we were naked and we stood there for hours (laughs) trusting complete strangers (laughs) to cut our clothes off until we were naked well almost naked you know they didn't cut well they did some people had their bras cut Um, and it was, uh, it was a radical gesture. Um, it was a gesture about, you know, the ongoing dominance of the patriarchy. It was, it was a willingness to trust our, our fellow citizens uh, with, you know, our lives, basically turning it over for them to make the choice. For them to engage in this action of, uh, you know, stripping this protection off of us. Um, which is kind of what had just happened in the election. So that was really what it was about.
1: Mm. And did that, what kinds of conversations were you all able to have maybe during that time, but also in the subsequent, you know, days? And I mean, obviously it got, it got some attention because of how in your face uh, this for, for all the reasons, middle of winter, you know, letting people cut your clothes off, like the whole thing, everything around it. Like what were some of the kind of reactions to it? I mean, New York's a crazy place, but even this probably stood out to a lot of people.
0: Absolutely. No, people were flabbergasted. Um, I was amazed and moved that we had no violent reaction. We Mm. had no, we had no aggression. We did have volunteer. We had other friends of ours surround us sort of on the periphery, not close, but on the periphery as sort of guardians. Make
1: sure, sure, yeah.
0: Just in case shit went down, yeah. <laughs> um, that they would be quick to act or quick to call nine one one or whatever was necessary. Um, but uh, you know, I think we were we all were profoundly moved and uh, deeply affected by um, the this act of trust that we engaged in on both sides, uh, and how many of these you know, business people just having their lunch in the park. Yes. <laughs> took time and people, people were weeping. Um, mm. You know, it, it really shook something loose in a lot of people. And uh, it was a moment when um, that kind of gesture, I think, was very helpful for a lot of people to engage with because there was so much feeling of helplessness and confusion.
1: I think more than ever, artists of all shapes and stripes should be using their art not exclusively because we still need art for the sake of art we still need fun we still need things we still need light things we need we need some flippancy right but more than ever um artists should be thinking about how they can impact society impact culture change the direction we're headed in through you know performance art like this whether it's a song poetry book TV shows, movies, Broadway. Well,
0: especially at this moment, man, because the paradigm has shifted. It's like when, when the great interruption passes, what is it going to be? Yeah. It is a moment of, of being able to completely recreate these modes. Yep. And I'm fascinated to see uh, what people are making, what they make going forward, because it, because I, uh, it's something that I, I, keep correcting and I hear others correcting is, you know, it's not about getting back. It's about going forward. Yeah. We're not going to return to something.
1: No, God, we, no. we can
0: never return to what it was. So where are we going? I'm really it, curious to see.
1: That conversation is so interesting to me because, you know, I grew up, uh, I grew up overseas. So I sp- I was born in New York, grew up in Guatemala, then spent six years traveling the world And Uh so I, I didn't return here to live until, you know, my, my mid to late twenties. And, um, I have not felt comfortable here. Not a day in my life. Uh, you know, I am a United States, I'm a dual citizen, but I'm a United States citizen. And this is home. Technically I was born in Rochester, New York, um, but i don't feel comfortable here and a lot of it is just because i don't understand a country a culture a people that can very clearly see things that are wrong things that are blatantly mm-hmm. wrong things that are verifiably wrong and they don't do anything about it now i know that's people in general i'm not that's not just united states of america mm-hmm. but we're especially fucking good at it like we are good at we are good at worshiping this document called the constitution that has been amended 20 something times. Um, we call this the most perfect, uh, you know, uh, political yeah. document uh, yeah. ever. And yet mm-hmm. it did not recognize black people as a whole person. It, it called mm-hmm. in the document, uh, it calls native Americans savages in that document. There are zero count them zero references to a woman. Every reference to a person in that document is to a white landowning male, no yes. women at all. And so that in that document is hundreds of years old. Systemic racism is as clear as the day is bright. And yes. yet we have hun- we have millions of people saying systemic racism doesn't exist. We have a yes. for profit prison system. Our health care is absolute shit. It's garbage. And yet we say people want it, right? Our, our, the, the highest <laughs> the highest political uh, uh, holders in the country say people want this. They want the uncertainty of not knowing if they can pay their bills. They want uh, hundreds of thousands of people every year going bankrupt because of medical bills. And so what's interesting about this time is we have talked, my family and I have talked very strongly Uh, about moving for a few years going to a place that is and not to run I don't think it's Mm -hmm. I I mean Mm -hmm. again I've never been a runner I've always been like run into the fray Mm -hmm. run into Mm -hmm. the mess but I also see the toll that this is taking on my family and I I see when my five-year-old when my four-year-old went to preschool last year and they had to do a shooter drill first day of preschool.
0: That's right. I
1: wept. I wept like yep. a fucking baby because I was like, what is my 4-year-old yep. just you know starting this new adventure, school? And in this first week of school they have to do active shooter drills. Yeah. Like that's absolutely insane. And so, you know, part of me wants to move. Go to Amsterdam, go to Berlin, go to Lisbon, mm-hmm. go somewhere that is more equitable, people are happier. Uh, health care is not an issue, like all those things. Mm-hmm. Or, or, which is what you just said a few minutes ago, which is like, something new is happening here. Mm-hmm. This pandemic has utterly and, and undeniably shaken the very core of our nation. Mm-hmm. And things will not be the same afterward. Mm-mm. Not saying that I'm going to see any tangible if I stay here till the day that I die, that I'll see any real tangible, big movement. I hope to God that we will see that. But I think something I think things are going to speed up a little bit. I I don't I don't want to sound naive because of looking at past, you know, our our history. Sure. Sure. But what do you think about that? Do you think things we, we you know, we kind of got into this talking about art, but at every level. I mean, we have the, you know, like them or not. We have the we have young vibrant women leading politically. Now, I mean, talk about the the firebrand that is Alexandria ocasio Cortez. Talk <laughs> about these yes. these young people that are saying Okay, no more old white guys or old white women leading the charge. Like we have to, we have to take charge, right? Yes. So I, I see something different, and I want to be hopeful, but I'm also like, fuck this place, you know? Like I'm. Do do you struggle I with that? So or?
0: understand, yes, absolutely. We are in constant conversation of is it time? <laughs> is this the moment that we? And and a very similar feeling of not to flee, not to go forever but to pause, to step yeah. away, to look at it from a distance. And that's sometimes important. that's the best, it's very important. And also living abroad is a very important thing to do, especially for a young person to have time in another country, in another culture. It's, it's awesome because it's, you know, again, it's a holistic experience. <laughs> We're all yep. in it together, yep. not just our nation, our world, our world. Yeah. And now more than ever, it's a one-world experience. yeah yeah, yeah for sure. So why not? Um, so yes, we we definitely wrestle with it. The, you know the template that I really use to look at, which helps me um, to look at what's happening in America is is addiction. It's it's like a, mm. an addict that is incredibly sick that's had a very long run that's been able to keep it going for a very long time probably has OD'd and revived many, many times and gone in and out of recovery and never been able to make it. And now they're hitting the worst bottom that they've ever. Yeah. And they're either going to die or they're going to receive grace mm. and they're going to learn a new way to be. Mm. And that's where it feels like we are finally, I mean, I thought we had been there. <laughs> I think my mother had thought we had been there. I think her mother thought we had been there. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we may finally be Hitting bottom. And, you know, with addiction, you pray for the car accident. Yep. Because you have to have the car accident for,
1: yeah. for the
0: possible, but the person yep. may die in the car accident. Right. It's highly likely that they're gonna die. If they don't die, they may have a shot at complete transformation.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I use this example all the time. I'm so glad. Like we're tracking, like I always talk about, you know, the the alcoholic that that does not fully admit that he or she or they is an alcoholic that's and right. so they can't get help. You can't get yeah. help until and your you mind, change. body, soul, spirit, everything agrees I am I am an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict and I need help. Then you can go to the meetings, then you can get the help, then you can receive the hugs, then you can receive the help. And you can do the work. And we're not that's the that's the problem with this country. I've been I but I actually had one of my really conservative friends that I love engaging with. He said the other day um, we're on complete opposites on most things, but he said something that, because we always go back and forth and I love it. He says, Nick, the problem is our country is too big. This country is too big. If you look mm-hmm. at, and, and I, I went from, He's I went there like, w- was a country ever supposed to get this big, look at the big countries in the world. Most of them lean or are all in authoritarian you need that you need that megalomaniac to get up and say, "I'm in charge of this, right blah 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 blah," and either like in po- and, and they completely polarize usually uh-huh look at the countries that are happiest right now in the world. there's a couple of things one is they're run by women or just or, saying or very <laughs> or very progressive men right yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna throw yeah. that out there but on a very practical note but from what we just said they're smaller countries they're yes. more manageable 15 yes. five ten fifteen twenty absolutely what I, think, I think germany's like 80 million so that that's at the, like well the you know end.
0: after this after this election we may be dealing with some se- secession
1: Yes, and I would welcome possible. it. I would welcome yeah, I it. I mean it may not I be those people, No, but because we're too goddamn big and we need to get to a manageable size no, so that we can actually pursue that. justice and equity for all the people we're in charge of, not 350 million people and growing. Like yeah. it's only getting yeah. bigger.
0: Absolutely. No, it, it it is the unmanageable great experiment and there is a lot of truth in that. And yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I mean it, it we may end up as several countries instead of one. Yeah. And that may be the solution and it's time to put all of these options on the table and together, you know, move forward and in not feel, you know, uh, because something seems divisive, it doesn't have to mean, you know, it doesn't have to be, division it can space between can can be just that you know yep. it doesn't have to be yep. separation negation it can just be space yep <clears throat>
1: well i, I hope know. uh no i totally agree and i hope that if this if we if you and i both end up staying in this wild wild country that i end up with the same country as you whenever we start. <laughs> um, so we can so yes. we can give a damn together that's um, right Okay. So as we begin to wrap up here, um, yes. a couple of, a few practical things. So, you know, as people learn about you from our conversation and from the, you know, the barely a couple articles about you that are out there, uh, you know, they'll see that <laughs> I've you, done a lot
0: of interviews. There you, you, go. Can they go on YouTube. you can find You're me out
1: there. That's, you know, true. you, you, you've been very active and I, I, I would love to spend maybe during another conversation, we could spend more time. Cause you you said something at the beginning about how you know, you left, not you left home, you know, this sort of Quaker environment, you went to the big city, right? And you're around all these actors now. And, and mm. you, whether purposefully, or, or just by the providence of the world, like you ended up being around a lot of more activist minded, you know, folks. And so, so all through your life, you have, you know, you've attended protests, you've led protests, you did the cut piece for pantsuits, you phone banked, you have, you know, gathered signatures, all this stuff, right? And, and then a few minutes ago, you talked about you and your family are already thinking about the upcoming inevitable protests and different things that are happening. Who's going, yes. where, why, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, how do you take care of yourself and prepare yourself for things like that? Because you've already shown us that I think one of the one of the edges, the advantages that you have on most of the people listening, if not, if not every single person is listening, is that you are have removed yourself from this sometimes good but generally toxic thing we call social media right? So that may be one of the big things you've already done for yourself is never even gotten to be part of that. But what are some other practical things that you have done to feed yourself, to prepare yourself for when it's time to act, for when it's time to give a damn?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well, you know, I, I do engage with several organizations, physicians for reproductive health and NAMI, the National Alliance for Mentally Ill. And, uh, I advocate for them, I engage with them, I fundraise for them and and uh you know for for both of those organizations, so much of it is just um, you know reaching out like this, this September is uh suicide awareness and yes. prevention month yep. and you know that that can be as simple as like think about people in your life who are struggling. We all have them. If not yep. ourselves, if, yep. if, if we begin with ourselves and we're struggling and we're sure, in pain sure, and sure. we're in darkness and we're in hopelessness, um, you know, extend a hand, reach out. Don't, don't, uh, put on a false front, but, but seek, uh, solace from another or from the organization because there are so many, uh, local groups that can help. um, so, you know, just as, as far as uh, life engagement, I think that helps to prepare one yeah. for these bigger moments yep. of when history will say, where were you and what did you do on that day? When your children are older, they'll yeah. say, dad, what did you do? What did you do on November 3rd? What did you do on November 8th? What did you do? And, you know, how are you going to answer it? Yeah. Um, so... But, but also, uh, you know, be thoughtful. Do you have to invest in a flak jacket? Do you wear a helmet? Think about it. Yeah. Where, where are you going? Where are you putting your body? You know, um, again, there are so many ways to help, so many things to do, and they can be as simple as, you know, donating food to a food bank, uh, getting winter coats for people on the streets. Like that is a real big action. Yep. That is life-saving. Yep. It's huge. So, you know, all of these there the thing is is there's just there's so many ways to yeah. be of service. Yeah. And they don't have to be, you know, screaming in a bullhorn, although we need those people. Yep. <laughs> we need them. We need those bullhorn screamers. Um, but we also need people gathering cans for food banks.
1: Yeah, the the we need to in the midst of all this social media thing, whether people stay in or they pull out a little bit or pull out all the way, like we need to we need to remember that throughout history, most good deeds have been done without any eyeballs on them, right? Like nobody nobody ever saw it, and we've got to no, be okay with that. You we've don't gotta need be okay to with like, that. take
0: a picture of yourself gathering so, cans for. I'm food so things. annoyed <laughs>
1: at you know I'm so annoyed. At, there's this new. I'm so glad you're not on social media. Um, you'd be, you, but like, there's this new, like.
0: I f- also don't know, like, where, where do you, where does everyone find the time? Like, where does this time come? Someone explained to me like, oh, but you do it when you go to the bathroom and you do it when you're cooking. And it's like, wow, I, I it takes so, all of my energetic faculty to like cook a meal. <laughs> like I have to I really we, concentrate. I think
1: we would probably realize how shitty of a quality of life we have If we like stop doing it all right. Like what, what are, what, what is okay. So you do while you're cooking, which I've never done. That's really weird. But like, (laughs) like uh, how much is your meal? Like your meal, your meal is taking a hit. Your meal is taking a hit because you're not paying attention. Food is life. And that's is your right. family getting a seventy-five percent meal instead of a hundred percent meal because you decided not to pay attention to it. It's, or it's an interesting. You're going to spend twelve minutes in the bathroom instead of two if you're on your social media. <laughs>
0: totally,
1: and that's just, not good
0: for you. No, that's not good for you. No, no. But no, no. also, I I know for me, uh, I I mean, I'm always feeling under the gun to get everything done, but I still need time to to daydream. I I require yeah. it. My brain requires. Just empty airtime. You know, I need space to let it just float around.
1: Well, I think you're you're not you're not alone, Elizabeth. Like we all need that and we're not giving that to ourselves. I, I can't imagine how many more amazing things we'd be creating, we'd be making, we'd be putting out into the world if we had the time to just stop and think, stop and daydream without speeding that up because we've got to check twitter in five minutes because it's been 10 minutes you know like yeah. if i look throughout history the kinds of incredible things like sure we're creating some really cool shit right now for absolutely sure, right? but if absolutely you look, if you look back at these people that created some of the most outrageous amazing things that weren't even in there was nothing at least now we've got technology that people can build on right it's not really that amazing when somebody builds a new app because well the, the the foundation was already there. When you look back hundreds and thousands of years ago, people are creating these things that they had no there was no precedent for it. They had mm-hmm. nothing to go on. They were mm-hmm. building this thing out of nothing. We can't make those things today because we don't have the brain power. We don't have the focus to make things. We don't have the focus to really create. And when I look at your and when I look at all the things that you've created, you know, you've been in like 30 TV shows, 30 different movies, <laughs> like a you know, a dozen or so, you know, Broadway and off-Broadway productions, like I'm sure you would not have been in all of those. You wouldn't have had the capacity to 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 cuz you don't get invited to do other things if you didn't do a good job in the previous thing, right? Like your mm-hmm. industry is such that if mm-hmm. you if you fuck up enough times, you're not getting asked back.
0: No, you, so, you're off the list. Right.
1: And so even just looking at your body of work um, is a testament to, okay, clear head means I can really get into these characters. I can really focus. I can really create here. Um, and I'm worried. I'm worried about not so much about myself. I think I have a fairly good discipline, but I am worried about myself. But I'm really worried about uh, the people that I see that are have so much potential mm-hmm. to give a damn, to create, to build, mm-hmm. to make. And so,
0: so you begin by, you know, what is that famous? I think it's, I think it's Gandhi, you know, be the change you want to see in yeah. the world. So yeah. we all, you know, I, I, what I have to say today is don't start your day by looking at your phone. Try to keep it off as long as possible and make a plan to vote.
1: Make a plan to vote. I, had to vote. I think that's a I mean, again, I want to talk for another <laughs> hours with you. I think that's a good place to stop for now. Like make a plan to vote. We are, you know, 75% of the listeners are in the US, the rest are all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so 75% of the people in here, let's just say a few of them are too young to vote. So 70% of the people listening to this show right now.
0: Well, you should The people have, too young to vote can encourage those who are older. They can to make a plan to, to make
1: sure you're getting out. Make mm-hmm. sure to tell your parents, make sure to tell your aunts and uncles and your That's cousins, right, because and it's their and your neighbor and everybody. Like uh, literally if you're listening and you're not 18, go up to everybody, you know, that is 18 and say, do you have a plan to vote? That's right. This is, this is literally, and I, I'm not, I don't think I'm using hyperbole here. I don't think I'm taking this too far this may be the most important election of our lifetime. Like we have an incredibly toxic, horrible person that has assumed this office and we need at any and all costs to get him out. And so it is vitally important for us, each, each one of us to have a plan to vote, to be ready to go. Um, I, so, so there's already, I mean, early voting has already started in some places. Mm-hmm. In many um, places. There's yes. no excuse for you not to cast your vote, uh, during on this time around. Um, and
0: it feels great. It feels it great to hold that, that power and that engagement in your hands and, and to participate. It's a good feeling.
1: Let me end with this question for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't actually asked it. I started, we've done 160 episodes, almost 170. For the first hundred and something, I asked this question at the end, and then I kind of wavered from it um, and just kind of let the conversations end where they ended. But I'm excited to hear your response to this. So, <laughs> so the, the question is partly a hypothetical, uh, a hypothetical scenario uh-huh. where you know many, many years from now, you're going to die. That's not hypothetical. But the hypothetical part is that I'm still around for some reason, and I am... <laughs> giving your eulogy so i was chosen to give your eulogy wow and all of your family your friends the people you've worked with the people you didn't meet on social media because you weren't there everybody has gathered in this huge room to celebrate and mourn your life and yes i've been asked to give your eulogy in a few sentences what am i saying about your life on that day
0: oh boy I would say um, I would like to be remembered as someone who helped work for access, for care, for everyone, mm-hmm. um, that uh, that I helped change the public perception of mental illness, mm-hmm. um, that I helped make women's reproductive health uh a family issue an issue for humans not just women mm. that reproductive health involves men as much as it does women that it's yes, that it it's a, that it's a human issue it's it's family planning it's family health it's uh it's it's so much more than um what you know the Reagan era turned it into <laughs> And, um, that, uh, you know, I, I led a life rooted in moral goodness. Mm.
1: It's a great legacy.
0: (laughs) That's what what I shoot for a day at a time.
1: If you keep it up, I'm sure that's what will be said. Um, many, 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 many years from now. (laughs) And that I knew how to tell a joke, knew how to tell a joke. And that she had no idea how social media worked, even at that point, That's man, I right. am so envious. I'm going to, I'm going to figure right. out, I got, oh my I gosh,
0: it. I, but it's ridiculous. I mean, we are, uh, I'm such a Luddite. I, I don't even know what half the terms people use mean. I don't know what things look like. I don't know what they involve. But it's, well, if I uh, wanted to
1: torture you today, I'd start showing you TikToks, horrible, horrible TikToks. You probably don't yeah. even know what that is.
0: I really don't. Amazing. I really don't. But it's blissful ignorance.
1: Very, very last question. What are you excited about right now that you're making? What I mean, I, I know you just talked about this Marvel thing that's coming out in October. Um, where mm-hmm. can people? Where is that going to be on? Where can people go watch that?
0: So that's on Hulu. It drops okay. on October sixteenth. It's called maelstrom and I nice. play the devil
1: oh very <laughs>
0: <laughs> because the cool thing about my work is it's you know it's like psychic travel i get to go all over the place for free yeah. and without any you know chemical side effects yeah i get to drop into all kinds of states of being which is why i love doing what i do but That's also amazing. because of that i i my you know i can remember i'm, I'm going to close on this is also why i do what i do as an actor and one of the reasons why i think um sometimes what i do can be useful beyond Mm. one's own self-interest um is i can remember uh when i was younger a lot of parts that i would play in the theater were very women in extremis you know a lot of uh just women out of their mind, on the edge, falling mm. apart, um, or you know, killers. Uh, and my mom came to visit me, and I was playing a, a killer, a serial killer. And she was like, "Why? Why do you <laughs> do this? You know, why can't you?" And uh, and I remember thinking, like, "For for you is why I do it. So mm. you can have a way to approach." yes this state of being you can have a door into it that it's not just wow. shut um is is part of the reason why i tell the stories i get to tell
1: that's really beautiful because it's you're playing a lot of things right that you Oppose, like oppose, or don't really want to be associated with. Right? Well, it's like sure. it's
0: another organization I work with is Theater of War, and we go mm-hmm. around to military bases, military families, and uh, do this, you know, like Ajax by Sophocles. Oh, interesting. Um, you yeah. know, and and so even though I'm a pacifist, I've yeah. had the the great fortune of working with so many warriors and warriors' families and female warriors, and hear hearing their stories and being able to hold their story and their feelings um, is remarkable. Do I personally agree with war? Okay. No.
1: Hell no. Do
0: I uh, want to hold and help and, and facilitate warriors and their families? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It is a great honor and a a great part of my life to uh, support and, help military families.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, life is not black and white. It's so full of nuances. And we've got to like always be holding all those things in tension, right? Um, I find myself all the time with in conversations like that, where around pacifism or war or hunting or, you know, we're vegan, like all these Mm -hmm. different things, right? And it's like, well, yeah, life is so nuanced, like to the nth degree, we've got to be okay with all that nuance and, and, and making community and loving and serving people that we, we don't oppose them. We oppose maybe parts of who they are and what they believe, but they are a whole human being that deserves love and care and affection. And hopefully our relationship, you, your relationship with warriors and with soldiers can help influence them toward, right? right? It's this, this slow tugging toward a more pacifistic lifestyle because God, are, are we not like, are we not wanting to pursue peace like do we want to stay in a perpetual state of war the united states with 600 military bases around the world like that's insane we need to work toward a future where that's like all pulled back even if we can't do away with it completely you know that's Um, right so the only
0: constant the only constant that is true in life as we know is change
1: yeah (laughs) wild well, Elizabeth Marvel, thank you so much for spending time thank with us you. today. You've been so generous with your time. I hope we can do it again around a bunch of other things. It's been
0: a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure.
1: Well, friends, there you have it. That's the show today. An incredible thank you to Elizabeth Marvel for joining me, for joining us. So much to learn from her. My goodness. Don't forget to watch her brand new show, on Hulu, October 16, Hellstrom. Visit letsgiveadamn.fm for resources and links and all that jazz. And thank you for listening. Seriously, I say this every week, I mean it every week. I'm honored that you listen to me talk with wonderful people week in and week out. This episode was edited and produced by Chad Snavely and the team at Sound On, Sound Off. Let's Give a Damn as part of the Matter Media family, you can reach out to me anytime. Hello at let's give a damn.com Text me anytime, 646-328-6414. Sending love and peace to each one of you. Stay safe, keep giving a damn, and until next time, peace.